0: Welcome to the albibiter podcast. Uh, today on the podcast, on the show, on the broadcast, on the on the thing that we do here, uh we have a few development traits to cover. Uh I think they're all from the off season or probably the end of the year and the off season awards that, and uh <clears throat> statistical uh, accomplishments that help people move up their development traits. So we'll cover a couple of those, and then we have a couple of listener questions, which is always great. And uh, I will give a thorough answer to the listener questions. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite part of the podcast, the money maker for this podcast, uh, the draft grades for the twenty thirty nine draft. I think it's twenty nine thirty nine draft. Yeah. Uh so we'll we'll do the draft grades for the twenty nine thirty nine draft. Not twenty-nine thirty-nine twenty thirty-nine draft. Uh draft grades for each user controlled team. And uh as usual everyone will be thrilled with those grades. And then we will do a couple of game recaps from the beginning of the season here because we've already had a few games at the beginning. So that's what's gonna be on the podcast today. So there are a couple of development trait pieces of news that we need to go over that are basically from the offseason. Not a lot, of course, has happened so far this year. Uh, For the Patriots, free safety Reed Miller to star. Okay, he's a second-year player, so uh, encouraging for his future. Uh, Both of my corners are still stuck on Superstar. That is the opposite of news, that is in fact not new, so not news. So, don't know why that's included. Don't care. Uh, Also for the Patriots, wide receiver Braxton Tomlinson. I like that name, that's kind of cool. Braxton Tomlinson, advanced to star. Uh, This is a 90 speed, 77 overall, 25 year old receiver. So, eh. And then for the Chiefs, right outside linebacker, linebacker, right outside linebacker, Miles Rivers. Too many L's and R's in that sentence. Uh, Miles Rivers for the Chiefs, uh, advanced to, was it Superstar? Yes, he advanced to Superstar over the offseason. The 88 overall player, 85 speed. Uh, If you ever want uh, more of a Description other than speed, just let me know. But I usually tag that on just so you kind of know what kind of player it is. This is a pass coverage outside linebacker. He's a secure tackler now that he has some abilities. So uh, good for Miles Rivers and good for the Chiefs. And if we didn't mention it last time, uh, Adrian Gonzalez, the quarterback for the Browns, I believe, also became a superstar. Let me double check. Uh, Noteworthy because this might be the first time in a long time that the Browns have had a quarterback. Yeah, he became a star. Uh, Might be the first time in a long time that the Browns had a quarterback that was not a rookie and also not a superstar or an X-factor. So, you guys in the AFC, strike while the iron is hot. And we have a couple of Uh, Listener questions. I love it. I love listener questions. Uh, So we'll cover those real quick. Uh, One comes from All I Do Is Win via Discord. Uh, At Season 15, this is what All I Do Is Win is asking. At Season 15, you do a, a uh, a top 15 players list. That list did not include a Panther. Actually, it did, but... I included Geo Fisher, but I accidentally called him a Patriot uh, during the broadcast. Um, but yeah, technically I did not name any Panthers as Panthers. Uh, that list did not include a Panther, but you had Julius Brackett honorable mention due to his youth. Now that Brackett is 31 and has certainly had an impactful career, where would he have ended up on your list? Uh, that's a good question, and, um, you know, I haven't crunched the numbers, I haven't... Done the research. Uh, I did look at the all-time sack list. Is the only thing I did, and he's currently second, and he's closing in on Mark Darden. I would say Brackett would have been top three at least, and I think there's a good case to be made by the end of his career that he's number one or number two. It, it'd be tough to make him the number one player. Uh, he's certainly been very impactful, uh, but just as far as games that we've all played against each other, he just doesn't have the impact on those games that DK Metcalf had, so I I don't think I could put him number one, but I think he's probably a top three player for sure. He'd be, yeah, he'd have to be above um, Miles Garrett and Mark Darden by the end of his career. I'm sure he's going to be above Mark Darden, Um, so yeah, I'd say probably number two. Uh, Certainly in a few years, I think he'll be Uh, comfortably number two. So great question. Uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, And then uh, another listener question from Excessive Griefer. Could you do a top 100 before every season like they do on NFL Network? No. No, not doing that. They have a whole production team, and... I just sit around in my underwear and record this podcast when I have a chance to do it. So uh, there's a little bit of a difference of uh, resources and time being put into those productions. So no, the answer is definitely not. Is this your fan base after the draft? Get the truth with Abibiter Draft grades. Ah, yes, it's once again time for the most popular, most meaningful, most relevant segment of the podcast, The Draft Grades. This is the segment that gets uh, many personnel people in the league promoted or fired based on how it goes. And once again, uh, these draft grades are given out based on a very complex formula uh, developed by some of the brightest minds in the entire world, Uh, many former NASA scientists, okay, there's been some confusion, I've heard some people say, oh yeah, the NASA scientists that are working on uh, the algorithm for the draft grades, no, no, they're former NASA scientists, okay, current NASA scientists, I hope, are working on how we get to Mars, and how we make sure that we don't have asteroids colliding with Earth, and that we don't have to send Bruce Willis up in a space shuttle to stop them, hopefully we have a better plan than that, I hope, current NASA scientists are working on things like that. But uh, former NASA scientists and uh, many of the brightest minds in the world, uh, economists have been involved. Uh, in fact, we even have uh, notes from before he died uh, of Albert Einstein, some of his thoughts on team building and the football uh, in the NFL. Uh, he, he applied uh, a surprising amount of time uh, to... to Mathematically quantifying how to best build a team. Uh, nobody really knows that, um, but we do have his notes. He spent years actually act, after the Manhattan Project, uh, you know, and he, he was done working on uh, atomic bombs. Uh, we actually have uh, input from this from Einstein. We used some of his old notes. So, anyway, the point is the draft grades are extremely accurate, they are the gospel truth about your. Draft class. Uh, before I give the grade, though, I'll just give my opinions, and uh, and my opinions are just that—they're just opinions. Um, so I'll I'll say what I think of it, uh, and then give the actual grade that is mathematically determined. So that's enough uh, of talking about that. Now well, let's get to the actual grades. First up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, the Chiefs uh, had let's see two first-round picks second-round pick, third-round pick, a couple of fourths. So the Chiefs here, they went uh, first round, Brandon Lucas at corner. Uh, I liked Brandon Lucas a lot in the draft. I thought he had good skills, uh, got good speed and agility and acceleration, all that good stuff, was a normal development trait. So that's a little disappointing, but I still think that's a very good player. He's 75 overall. Like I said, a lot of good traits, That I think are going to make him a good corner. He can run really well. He can cover. Um, And then, in the with the second first round pick that they had, the Chiefs drafted Jake Paul. Oh no, no J T. Paul, Uh, defensive left end. Uh, I hope he's getting on the field. Looks like he's not their highest rated defensive end out there. So I hope they're getting him on the field. Actually, he's their lowest rated defensive end of the four that they have. Um, But hopefully they're boosting him on the depth chart to get him on the field because he needs to see the field if he's going to get better. Uh, He's a 72 overall. Uh, Again, normal development trait. Then we've got two offensive linemen, uh, Dawkins and Giordano. Giordano probably, I think. That's an Italian name. Uh, 68, 67 overall. Uh, Those are decent starting grades for offensive linemen. Uh, And then two more corners, Nolan and McNabb. So the Chiefs really emphasizing the secondary there. I don't know if that's just the way the board fell for them. Um, And so they ended up spending three picks on one position. I'm not sure about that strategy, but uh, maybe, maybe they felt they really needed people there. But those second two guys are in the low 60s on their overall ratings. And it looks like one of them got put on the practice squad. So if you have fourth round picks that are not making your 53-man roster, that's not great drafting, to be honest. And then the really disappointing thing for the Chiefs is, uh, as far as I can tell, none of their draft picks are hidden development traits. So all these guys are normal, and corners are really tough to get up from normal to another development trait and linemen are basically impossible to get up from another development trait so I think the development trait uh, thing really hurt the Chiefs on their draft grade they get a B minus moving on to the Cleveland Browns and their draft picks the Browns they draft well and they seem to get lucky a little bit so, I I just, it's my it's speculation. Their first pick uh, was the 12th pick in the draft. And, dang it, when I took pictures of these on my phone, I was not focused. So, they're really blurry. Uh, but it, their first pick of the draft was, uh, looks like, right in Xavier McBride. I believe he was a D-tackle when they drafted him. Uh, He's a hidden development trait and started out as an 80 overall. And I just have a feeling this guy is going to reveal as an X-Factor. And it's just going to make me mad. But that's the way it is. Um, And that's a a really great pick. That guy's going to be a stud. Uh, Then the very next pick, the 13th pick, they took Lynch at center. And the Brown's... um, Definitely could use him. They traded away a center shortly after this so uh, and got good value for it. So he helps our team a lot. 75 overall, overall he is a hidden development trait. Oh, excuse me. And then uh, McGee, a linebacker. Find him here. There he is. Uh, good speed for a linebacker playing outside linebackers at 69 overall. He's a normal development trait, but uh, if we know anything about the Browns, it's that they're going to get those outside linebackers out on the field and just pile up the sacks for them. So he probably won't stay normal. Uh, Damon Sykes was a corner that they drafted, and he is a 69 overall corner, 93 speed, uh, normal development trait. That's a decent pick there for the Browns. Uh, particularly in the second round if you're getting guys that are close to 70. And then Coleman, a left end, was their second second second-round pick. Craig Coleman, uh, this is... Craig Coleman is a speed rusher uh, in a 3-4. We'll see how that works out. Uh, A little undersized, a little light for a 3-4 defensive end. But the Browns have done this before and it's worked for them, so we'll see how that goes. He's seventy overall; that's a pretty good uh, pick in the third round there to get a seventy overall defensive end. And then a le- little later, they get some offensive linemen that are really pretty decent picks. Um, and then, of course, uh, I'm not gonna; it doesn't count toward their draft grade for the Browns. But the Browns traded for Devon Irwin, who was. I think the first overall pick, maybe the second Uh, tremendous quickness and speed at running back for the Browns. So they, they've got that rookie on their team as well. Uh, And he's going to make a big impact, but again, he's not counting toward their draft grade. So you look at those first two picks are outstanding. And then the rest of them are, are okay. Uh, You know, kind of solid, but not exciting, especially not with the development traits. Although, like I said, I think some of those are going to improve. Uh, the Browns this year, for their grade, got a B plus. Moving on to the Patriots. The Patriots are going all in this year, trying to grab that talent and uh, really build that roster. Uh, I don't know if they're. They're seeing their Super Bowl window be in Lamar Thornhill's career or, you know, the rest of his 20s and maybe early 30s, and then that's it. But they went with the second overall pick and the fourth overall pick, and then in the second round, they also had the second and fourth picks. So a lot of high picks here. They're looking to knock him out of the park for the Patriots, so what did they do with them? Well, their first pick was Lindsey Porter. This is a left tackle. And he's a 76 overall, pretty high grade there. Normal development trait, though, which really stinks for offensive linemen. You want those guys to have hidden development traits because unless somehow you can win them a bunch of awards, maybe get a bunch of Pro Bowls, I don't think there's any way their development traits go up. And I don't know if they even go up if you do that. But I would imagine if an offensive lineman wins offensive lineman of the year, uh, like four or five years in a row, he, pr- he probably moves up to a star. Uh, but we're just never going to see that happen because the guys that win Offensive lineman of the Year are usually the superstar kind of guys. Uh, so Lindsey Porter, definitely a starter there, or he better be. They better be putting him on the field. Uh, but I don't know long-term uh, how that's going to work for him. And then Ashmore was picked fourth overall. This is a middle linebacker. And he's a 75 overall to begin the year. They've already got him developing pretty quickly. Uh, This is a good pick. I really like this guy as a player. He's a hidden development trait for a middle linebacker who, um, you know, you might want to see him a little faster. He's 82 speed. That's plenty fast for a middle linebacker unless you end up playing, you know, one of the other user teams that's going to make him cover way down the field. Um, But great acceleration and agility. All the quickness traits are really great. Uh strength is pretty good. Awareness is very good uh, for as young as he is. So good skills overall for a middle linebacker. So those first two picks, really good picks. And then in the second round, uh, kind of interesting, the Patriots go linebacker again, James Ritchie. And uh, on the screenshot that I've got, he's a middle linebacker, so I don't know if they changed him right at that moment. Um, But currently he's a left outside linebacker, and I think he was drafted as an outside linebacker. So uh, the Patriots, as usual, really making it confusing to keep track of uh, what position this guy plays. Hopefully their guys don't get too confused when they do that. Um, But does have uh, good skills. He's a 76 overall as an outside linebacker. Also a normal development trait, but good speed and quickness, 86 speed, Uh, I think good pass rushing abilities, if I remember right. I'm scrolling over to find it right now. Still scrolling. Still scrolling. There we go. Yeah, finesse pass rusher. uh, So speed rusher as in the 80s as a rookie. So that's pretty good. Uh, He'll be a guy that gets some sacks for him. So yeah, I, I think it's pretty clearly a case where they Moved him to the middle linebacker immediately, I don't know why, and then moved him back to outside linebacker where he clearly belongs. Um, So that was the second pick in the second round. And then the fourth pick in the second round was Chris Lyle, defensive end. Uh, This is a 240-pound defensive end, so I hope they're playing him uh, out on the edge so he can be an edge rusher. Another normal development trait. I know a lot of teams kind of disappointed by that this year, and I understand. Uh, but yeah, he's a good speed rushing skills. So two speed rushers for the Patriots. Really looking to bolster that uh, that pass rush, and I'm a big fan of doing that. Uh, you cannot have too many pass rushers. You can't be too good at getting to the quarterback. In the third round, they got Wolford, not Wolford, and not Warford and not Wolfhard, Wofford. Okay, everybody get it right, Wofford. This is a free safety. Uh, He is a 69 overall. Pretty good value there in the third round. That was late third round. Maybe a little disappointing on the speed. He's got 86 speed. Uh, But this is a guy that should be able to get on the field and help out. Um, He can always play in the sub-packages. Uh, as a nickel linebacker or uh, even a nickel corner, things like that, uh, where he maybe doesn't need to be as fast. So pretty good value there. And then uh, they drafted a, a kicker, and I usually slam the Patriots for drafting kickers. This guy's a 70 overall kicker. That's that's pretty darn good, you know, and if it's something they needed, let me check their roster, and I'm not going to be unhappy if they needed a kicker. Uh, but nope, he's the second kicker on their roster, so never mind. Uh, the the patriot you have 53 roster spots and you need backups and depth in a lot of positions. Kicker's not a position where you need depth, especially when you're a team that has only two running backs on your team. Running back is a position that gets injured a lot uh, and your second running back is a 64 overall. So yeah, roster management and managing those uh roster spaces a little iffy from the Patriots. So I'm getting a little distracted there, but uh <laughs> but the talent level here is outstanding. Uh I love these picks. I I love uh the potential for these guys that the Patriots have taken there. And let's see their draft grade is a B minus. Moving on to the Panthers. The Panthers were drafting 26th and 31st in the first round. This is a Panthers organization that uh, really liked the depth in this draft class and um, didn't feel the need to move up real early. In the second round, they drafted 3rd and 17th. In the third round, they drafted 3rd and 31st. And what they came away with here is, with that first first first-round pick, Ellis Barnett at receiver. He's a 74 overall, got 91 speed. Uh, honestly, that's pretty slow for a Panthers receiver. Uh, but he is a fairly big guy. He's a route runner. He's also got great agility. Um, so he's probably going to get in and out of breaks pretty well. So if this is a useful guy, maybe not a downfield threat, uh, but a guy that can do things for him. And he's a hidden development trait, so who knows what he could turn into. Uh, and then right end. They drafted Cherry. I remember this guy in the draft, but I don't remember uh, exactly what I thought of him. Uh, But he was a highly rated player. Uh, Matthew Cherry. They moved him to outside linebacker in that 3-4 scheme. Uh, This is a guy that I expect they are hoping he will be an apprentice, basically, for... um, I forgot his name. The outside linebacker they currently have. Uh, Only one of the best players in the league. I don't remember his name. I'll go look it up real quick. Brackett, Julius Brackett. Uh, He's backing up Julius Brackett. I'm sure they're hoping he's going to learn a lot uh, in that experience and and then just smoothly take over here in a few years. Uh, Pretty good skills for an outside linebacker. Maybe uh, not quite what you're hoping right out of the gate, uh, but he does have time to develop. He's a uh, normal development trait. Then right tackle, Le- uh, Le'Veon Sewell. Uh, really nice pick, at a 74 overall right tackle. Only a normal development trait, so that's got to be a little disappointing. And then at corner, Bartel. <clears throat> Antoine Bartel, 95 speed for a corner. Not great agility, uh, but he does have the speed. He's a normal development trait as well. That's a 5'9 corner. So he'll play. Uh, I don't expect this guy to, well, he could maybe one day be a starter. I don't think he'll be a starter very long. Uh, so an okay pick. Uh, and then at halfback, they took Bowman. Uh, Dudley Bowman, he's a 64 overall, and that's okay. Um, I, I don't think the Panthers were... Real excited about him because they went out and traded, and traded quite a bit. They traded Lyle Walker, their receiver, and who else? Traded another player that was fairly important, both both a little older. Uh, they traded both of them to go get Jason Talley, who was one of the top two big-time running backs in the draft. Uh, so Jason Talley, oh, Matt Castle, who was their old running back. That's who they traded. So Jason Talley is going to be, I, I think, the bell cow for the Panthers there. Uh, so Bowman, right now, he's their third running back. And then Hendricks at middle linebackers is 63 overall. Uh, that has their second third round pick, i got to say. The, the Panthers oftentimes draft even better than that in the third round. Um, but, you know, it's hard to expect good picks all the time once you get into the middle rounds on this game. In real life, those third-round picks can be outstanding picks, but it's tougher to do on this game. So anyway, Hendricks, middle linebacker, is one of the other draft picks for the Panthers. Uh, he's also a normal development trait. So uh, I think only one hidden development trait among that group for the Panthers. So uh, not. I would say not... Up to their usual standards, the Panthers get a B-. So moving to the Packers, finally. Gosh, this is 20 minutes on the uh, draft grades. You guys are going to love this. Uh, the Packers drafted uh, 18th and 27th and then fir- in the first round, and then 1st and 6th in the second round, and then 25th and 27th. <clears throat> in the third round. And uh with that first round first first round pick they got Steven Browning, uh, right outside linebacker. This is a, a speed rusher. And the Packers already have two speed rushers, outside linebacker. Uh, but this guy had great talent. Uh definitely worth the pick here. He is a hidden development trait. Uh, so that's pretty exciting for them. That's a 75 overall player. And then Uh, With that second first-round pick, they took Gilkey. That's that's his name, Emmitt Gilkey, at defensive tackle. This is a kind of a speed rusher of a defensive tackle, 290 pounds, a little bit lighter uh, than your average D-tackle. 70 overall, also a hidden development trait. Uh, He'll be playing defensive end in their 3-4 scheme, uh, where he doesn't have to be quite as big. He can use that quickness a little more. Uh, then in the second round, Patterson at halfback a receiving running back to pair with Jerome Borrell. Borel, uh, I don't know which it is. Um, they're going to pair him up back there. He can uh, play a little receiver. He can spell Borel when uh, they need to throw to the running back or be in the shotgun a bunch. Uh, 71 overall running back, uh, normal development trait. Uh, and then at receiver... I went and got a speedster. There were a few uh, fast receivers in this class. (coughs) Uh, Harvey Norton, 94 speed, 92 acceleration, 92 agility. And he'll get on the field and play quite a bit uh, to begin the year. Also a normal development trait, but you've got a halfback and receiver, uh, both normal development traits. Those guys... Can have their development traits improved fairly easily. Uh, Then another defensive tackle taken, and this guy actually will play defensive tackle, Perry Crawford. He's a 70 overall. I just exited out of the roster screen. I'm thrilled about that. I'll get back in real quick. Uh, Perry Crawford going to be Back up D-tackle, and uh, the Packers have been wanting to play more four-man fronts. So, um, having another defensive tackle there is going to help them with that. Um, he can back up Khalil Key and give them some flexibility on their front. And then their other third-round pick was Miles. Yes, uh... Quandre Miles, 340-pound uh, left guard. Uh, to He's really adding depth on the offensive line uh, for the Packers. Uh, what's kind <clears> of... <throat> excuse me. What's kind of fun for this... <coughs> excuse me. Okay. <clears throat> what's kind of fun for this... Packers often, or the this Packers draft class, is that there are one, two, three, one, two, three, four. There are four hidden development traits because in a later round they got Derek Holland at right guard, who is a hidden development trait and Brandon Proctor at quarterback, who is a hidden development trait. There are four hidden development trait players uh, in this draft for the Packers, and two more that will have their development traits improved. So a potential six guys with uh, good development traits in this draft for the Packers. So you guessed it, they get an A-plus because of that draft. So those are the draft grades, a little longer than usual. Hope you enjoyed them, and of course, uh, use them to fire or promote your executives as you see fit. All right, we have a user head to head. Uh, games to cover from weeks one and two. Uh as usual the defending champion uh hosts the first game of the year and it was against the Patriots this year, so we had Browns versus Patriots to kick off the year. And this went kinda like uh these games have been going lately. Um it was a forty nine twenty one Cleveland victory a little more offense than we've seen uh, in the last couple of years from the Patriots in this game. So they've got that to look forward to, but the, the real story here is, of course, turnovers didn't help. The, the Patriots gave up the ball three times and the Browns did not give up the ball. I don't think. Um, and then Adrian Gonzalez uh quarterback for the Browns. Just had his way all game long with the Patriots secondary. Six touchdowns over 400 yards passing. Uh, he was 29 of 33. So just finding receivers open over and over again uh, as the Patriots mostly played zone and occasionally they would try to play man and blitz and he, he would identify it and, and beat it. So uh and it's it's really tough to beat this Browns offense. Um really get it recognizing zones and, and getting the ball out. They didn't run the ball a whole lot. Uh, the Patriots were much more balanced on their offense, as Andrew Hegeman had over a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Um, but it's it's tough to win with your running game when the other team's scoring forty nine points. So that is That's the lowdown on that game, that's week one, again, 49-21 victory for the Browns over the Patriots, and then in week two, we had Chiefs and Packers, and this was a 42-19 Green Bay victory, Uh, Green Bay is averaging 42 points a game, okay, it's only two weeks into the season, Uh, but they're still averaging 42 points a game, so that's good for them. The uh, story of this game is Green Bay came out very, very aggressive and threw the ball down the field a lot. It did cost them uh, with some interceptions, uh, but every time they got the ball back, they just kept moving, and and the Chiefs weren't able to stop them. That's, that's the main story of this game is the Packers really pushing the ball down the field. Uh, Chiefs didn't have enough pass rush to limit Phil Corcoran's time and the secondary just couldn't hold up. And then uh, on the other side of the ball, the Packers played a lot of tight man coverage and rushed five or six guys most plays and uh, really limited uh, the time for uh, Clayton Fraley, who was filling in for Dylan Nixon for the Chiefs, limited the time for Fraley to throw. So uh, backup quarterback, um, And uh, also missing a receiver for the Chiefs, I think it's Matthias Wright. Um, So missing a quarterback and a receiver for the Chiefs really did not help them, and that was why the Packers were able to play uh, very aggressive uh, coverage up in the face of the Chiefs' receivers, and they were able to get away with it. And so it, it was a rough day for the Chiefs offensively. Did score 19 points. Some of those came after some... Uh, Turnover set them up in in good field position, and they got a few big plays against that man coverage, but not enough. So again, the story of this game is very aggressive uh, Packers team, both sides of the ball, and and that's pretty much it. Uh, we do have the Chiefs and Patriots, and that game will not be televised. So maybe it's already happened. Let me let me go to my trustworthy corners of the internet here that I always check when I can't watch the game, and it looks like uh, everyone's wondering if there are going to be aliens showing up again, Um, and and there's just some weird connection between the Chiefs and extraterrestrial life showing up on this planet. Um, So we're worried about that. Uh, Seems to be a bigger concern than the actual game, but, and I don't even know if it's ongoing right now, so I will see if I can contact someone to get a, uh, a little bit more detailed view of how that game went or is going, uh, but right now, it looks like the rumors are saying that the Chiefs are leading a really wild game, and uh, a lot of turnovers, a lot of big plays, uh, a lot of drives that stall, so if I can get more information on that game, I will. I don't have a winner at this time, so... Everybody stay calm, and uh, we'll see what we can do there. That will conclude the podcast for today. Fairly long one. Uh, I appreciate all your questions and uh, hope to get more of them. If you have any kind of football strategy type of questions, that would be welcome. That's always fun stuff. Uh, Otherwise, I'll probably just be covering development traits this year and any games that I may see. And uh, we'll see where we are in the postseason. Until next time.